St. Luke 18th chapter and 22nd through the 25th verse. It, it was read earlier in your hearing and our scripture. We just want to reiterate it. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet thou lackest one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have the treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of heaven, for it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's all say amen. And I have my amplified version and when Jesus heard it, he, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell everything that you have and divide your money. Give it to the poor and have rich treasure in heaven. And come back and then follow me. Be become my disciple. Join my party and accompany me. But when he heard this, he became distressed and very sorrowful for he was very rich. So exceedingly Jesus observing him, he said, how difficult is it for those who have wealth to enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to enter through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. I want you to put a pen there and I want you also to turn in our Bibles to the 23rd number of Psalm. And I'm going to, I don't have to amplify that reading it just simply says the lord is my shepherd that's it i shall not want all right that's it look at look around i don't think you're near anybody so look around and just talk to the air and just simply tell the air uh i believe, I believe that jesus is making a request and the request is count what you got and give it to the master. Amen. I know you already said it at home. Amen. You may be seated in the house of Lord. Now, it might be a little off in English, but I'm going to just tell it like it is. Count what you got and give it to the master. My brothers and sisters, uh, the most valued com uh, computation in all of life and living is when we start calculating uh, that adjective made for performing calculations and start counting our personal need for material satisfaction and earthly prudent analysis and shared consideration and our own self-interest, then uh, can we say what I counted was it enough? And it's time to say that what I counted was enough and I shall not want. Just allow me to say that you can't get enough until you get Jesus. 
as a Christian minister, I have to say that one more time. You can't get enough until you get Jesus and or give it to the master. Uh, and, and because every now and then, Jesus asks us to count. Count our testimony. And our testimony ought to be yes. I believe Jesus. Yes. I believe Jesus. Yes. I'm going to count what I have, Jesus, and give it to you. I believe we, we have some yes people in the building this morning. We have some yes people streaming live this morning. Yes people. That is yes people that can say what they got. Here's what they got. Uh, got milk? Yes. Got money? Yes. Got employment? Yes. Got good health? Yes. Got virtual employment? Yes. Got good sense? Question mark. Yes. Got good judgment? Question mark. Yes. Got good income? Yes. Got good kids? Question mark. Yes. Got good family? Yes. Got good friends? Sometimes? Question mark. Yes. Got decent co-workers? Question mark. Yes. Got a made-up mind? Yes. But let me tell you, got a spiritual life calling? That's no question mark. Somebody ought to say yes. Yes, yes. yes. If it's yes, then count what you got. But if you don't got or do not have, that's appropriate. That is, if you don't have the most ostentatious house, if you don't have the newest flamboyant automobile or like luxurious uh, sports model if you don't have the most sizzling and red-hot items if you don't have a plush environment if you don't have the sub sub uh, uh, sumptuous dining facilities and while our Bible testimony of the Lord the Shepherd and the supply that is when we can't count what we got these are times when the Lord has a tendency to request a commitment to recount what we got and give it to him. Well, what do we say when we are challenged by our wants? We, when we start looking at our stuff, we, we, we might want to say, yes, I got it. I, I, I'm going, I got it. I'm going to give it. And I shall not want, because I'm going to give it to the master. Well, very quickly, there are two texts today in which we re referred to and referenced today. The first is David's evaluation of his situation, registering, tallying, and categorizing the level of his prosperity and his conclusion of his cup. That's David, that da that's David talk. Uh, the second is Luke's informing us that this young man was a ruler or magistrate who was struggling with his own stuff and Jesus' offer of eternal life. What am what I saying? One day, one day Jesus saw a young man between his early 20s and 40 years old and uh, the rich man uh, was really rich. He was, but he was really rich, but he was so deep in his own stuff that he got God's attention. You know, when you get so deep in your own stuff, you're going to get 
God's attention. And Jesus and the young man had a conversation. In Matthew and Mark, the discussion is set uh, within the period when Jesus ministered in Perea, that's east of the uh, River Jordan. In Matthew, this young man asked Jesus, what actions, that young man, what actions, uh, Master, bring eternal life? My brothers and sisters, let me tell you one thing. Jesus knows wealth. Don't get quiet on me. Jesus, Jesus knows wealth. Because he is rich. That is, Jesus is rich in the things that we need. He's rich in the things that we need most. Now, when you ask Jesus what actions must I take that brings eternal life, and as we reflect on the, the rich young ruler's question, evidently this young man didn't want anything from Jesus that day. He didn't want anything but his answer uh, to the question. That's all he wanted. And the question leaned toward the discussion uh, of redemption because at some point in our lives, I don't care how much you get or you got, uh, we need to talk to Jesus. We should eradicate, you know, but we, sometimes we can't talk to Jesus because we, we can't eradicate what we're talking about. We should eradicate discussion and receive, uh, that is sometimes we can talk too much. Have you ever seen folk that just talk too much and they want to make heaven where they want to make it? They try to rationalize heaven and you know some of us you know, can talk right past our breakthrough. Uh, that went over your head. We can talk right past our salvation point. We can talk right past we about to get saved and don't even know how we getting saved. I think I have witnesses in this house. We talking past our breakthrough, our break moment. So the young man might have had the same problem because this is what he did. He looked at Jesus as a rabbi. And Jews looked at Jesus as a rabbi. He's a rabbi, he's a teacher, he's a preacher, he's, but he's a master of the word. But let me tell you one thing. He looks, what he saw, he looks just like me. He looks just like another man to me. You know, sometimes we can uh, be in the middle of a divine encounter and have a tendency to ask questions. And we ask questions like Jesus is an errand boy. The great mystery of the Christian faith is for every Christian to recognize Jesus. Now that's not hard, that's not, that's not easy to do. You, you got to recognize Jesus. I might have a hard time recognizing Jesus because Jesus wouldn't have a shirt and a tie on just like I do. God, I'd have a hard time recognizing Jesus. If Jesus walked up to you, would you know who he is? And if you knew who he is, what would you say? Uh, my co-laborer in Christ by the name of Reverend Katie Henderson says that the conversation uh, uh, between the rich young man and this God man he was talking to uh, had, that he had, it was a linchpin of a millennial generation. Why? Because they were young. It was a millennial conversation. Because 
when you, that's what established church, when you mention money in the church, people will wake up. When you mention money in the church, people will get happy. When you mention your blessing, I want to have a God witnesses in this house. When you witness it, your blessing is on the way. Somebody gonna wake up, get happy, and might run out of their shoes. But when you tell some people to forgive and forget, the church gets quiet. This is nothing new because when you read, when we read in our Bibles, we read every time we see miracles, we see obedience. And when, whenever we see sacrifice, we ask questions. We see Jesus and his miracles. What did he say? And what did we say? We asked. When you run out of wine, we asked. Jesus. I need your help. Turn. I need your help to turn the water into wine. That's it. And Jesus asked you to bring the water pots. We say, sure. Sure. Jesus, I'm blind. Jesus, I'm blind. Jesus said, well, go dip in the pool and wash your eyes. We say, absolutely. Jesus, my hand won't stretch out. That's what we say. Jesus said, stretch it out. We say, unquestionably. Jesus, I've been on this bed 38 years, and I want to walk. Jesus said, pick up your bed, holy, pick up your bed fully, pick up your bed entirely, and walk. Jesus, already done. It's already done. That's right. That is, every time we see a miracle, we see obedience. But then when Jesus asks, or when Jesus says, excuse me, when Jesus says, pay your taxes, we say, Jesus, do we have to render to Caesar what Caesar's? When Jesus, when God said, go up the mountain and sacrifice Isaac, we say, look around and say, but where's the lamb? Every time God asks for sacrifice, we ask questions. Then today, Jesus doesn't mind your money. Get all the money you want. But he minds when money has you. I wonder how I got his. Oh, 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 I wonder how he minds when money has you. He doesn't care about money. It's just paper. It's just paper. But he minds when money has you. Then today, when you count what, when we count what we got, it, it might not seem much. 
But how do we give what we have to the master? Very quickly, there are three calculating conclusions that we have what we have to give to the master. First of all, we can give our account to the master because just like David, we find that we're in the midst of our account and while we're counting, our cup starts filling up. Our cup is full. And if we pay close attention to how David uh, evaluated his situation in the 23rd Psalm, he started categorizing, categorizing. He started archiving uh, his, and what he archived was his, the goodness of God and the mercy of God. He noticed that God had given him a sense of peace. He showed him green pastures, prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. He anointed his head. He anointed him and he'd given him a level of prosperity that was enviable. And when David started measuring it, he concluded that his cup was full. And he, it was beyond it was very blessed in such a way it was beyond full. Well, full, uh, beyond full. Well, I I'm calling on all Christians in the house today or in the building today. I'm calling on all Christians during this pandemic. Can you count your blessings? Can you count them this morning? I think you can count them this morning. Because some of us are in the building this morning. I see some of us can count our blessings this morning. Can you count them? Can you name them? Uh, can you categorize a list that include personal blessings? That is a reasonable portion of health and strength, healthy appetite, a few comforts, and a lot of God. Like David, we can easily say he's anointed our heads with oil. We've been blessed so much that he, if he blessed us anymore, we not, would not be able to handle it. Now, the songwriter said it something like this. When we can't handle it, just start singing, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what the Lord has done. When we start measuring what God has done for us on a daily basis and really think about what God has done for us, it's easy to say, our Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When Elijah ran from the face of King Ahab, he hid himself by the rock. What did God do for him every day? He brought food by a raven and water at the brook. That's some David talk. I shall not want. Then the, when the Hebrew boys refused to eat the food at the king's table, the king was amazed at the meager personal diet he, they maintained. Well, that's David talk. And I shall not want. When the widow woman went to her barrel every day, she could have complained. She could have complained that God never filled her barrel but she didn't complain. She just praised him every day because 
every day she went to her barrel, she started talking. David talked with said, I shall not want. That's it. Then second of all, after we count the fullness of our cup, we can begin to have a small cup, a large cup, or a cup that's overflowing. All right. We ought to be able to pull everything that we have together. And we ought to say today, I'm going to give it to the master. Allow me to just say as Christians, we are Jesus people. Somebody say, I'm a Jesus person. We are Jesus people. Somebody ought to say in the house, I'm a Jesus person. We ought to believe that whatever we have, Jesus already has it. Some folks can can all they can. They can can all they get and then they turn around and sit on the can but the can starts getting bigger what happens when the can starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger when this happens Luke says that's Luke 12 16 through 18 when Jesus gave that parable about the rich man who had uh, filled his barns to the point of overflow yet he decided to build himself a bigger barn thinking that he would get uh, he would keep on eating and drinking and make merrily with his life the man in the parable was chided for thinking about a bigger bond would be enough he did not realize that bigger bond cost him his salvation because it wasn't it wasn't big enough for God it was only big enough for him but God is the one he didn't realize God is the one that only starts filling your bond, but God will fill your bond up and he will decide what you can do with the bond. But then thirdly and lastly, when we, when, when we count what we got, that is uh, what's in our personal possession. We ought to close our count that day by saying it's grace. Somebody ought to get happy at home today. Just say it's grace. That, that, that makes us give what we have to the master. Because it's grace. When Paul started counting. You remember Paul started counting what he had. He discovered that God blessed him with many powerful blessings in his life. <clears throat> but every blessing was coupled with a thorn in the flesh. You know the story. Three times Paul prayed to God to remove the thorn. So he could operate spontaneously. But what happened? But God answered him by saying, my grace, my grace is sufficient. My brothers and sisters, when we reach a level of spiritual maturity, we can give it to the master and say his grace. Somebody say his grace. His grace is sufficient. If you just count our time, you want to just count. Just keep counting. If you want to count how God has blessed us, we can say, we can just count our time, our money, our resources, our strength, our reliance, our bread, our security, our confidence, our delights, our helps, our hopes, our insurances, our assurances, our encouragement, our, our aspirations, our comforts, our friends, our enemies, our defenses, our support, our God, our Jesus. Give it to the master because it's grace. Somebody ought to say his grace. Grace 
ought to touch our numerical counting system in such a way that we can give it back to him. The rich young ruler did not count what he had and give it to the master because he didn't know that he was about to get more. He just wanted to count what he had, but he was about to get more. But you want to say, preacher, how is he going to get more? Well, I'm going to tell you what more is all about. More goodness, more mercy, more friendship, more health, more fellowship, more relationship, more kinship, more living, more life, more loving kindness, and more tender mercy. I don't know what you have. Whatever your new miracle counting system suggests, just count what you have. Just count what you have and give it to the master. And whatever I don't have, I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to count my comfort. I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm sufficient in what I need. I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm getting my supply from him. I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. When my finances are low, I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. When my opportunities are not much, I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. Because there's a leak in the building sometimes. And I got to move. I'm going to say the Lord is my shepherd. I can't count for you. But I can count for me. I can say I got joy. I got joy. I got joy. I can count my goodness. Count my mercy. I can count he's been good to me. I can count that he's better to me. That I've been to myself. I can count he woke me up this morning. I can count he started me on my way. I can count he didn't let me sleep too late. I can keep on counting. Keep on counting. Keep on counting. He's a way maker. Count he's a heart changer. Count he's a soul satisfier. Count he's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. In a sick room, humble. 